Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? they didn't want people pronouncing the name. But centuries ago, scribes, different scholars, they started looking at the word Ahava. And they took the vowel markers for Ahava, the word for love in Hebrew, and they inserted them into the name of God, Yahweh, and they got Yahava. Now when it was transliterated over to English, it became Jehovah. Jehovah. Now, I just want to say this, and I'm not trying to burst any bubbles, but, you know, there are certain groups out there that will claim that if you don't say the name Jehovah, you're not really praying to God. And I just say, well, Hebrew doesn't have a J sound, so we might be in trouble here. Um, I'm just saying, Jerusalem, it's not Jerusalem, it's Jerusalem. Uh, it's Jacob, not Jacob. But here's the thing. We know it doesn't matter if you pronounce his name correctly, whether it's Yahweh or Yahavah or something similar. Uh, the Lord knows his name. He knows when you're calling out to him. Not only that, we call our Savior Jesus. <laughs> That's not a Hebrew name. The Hebrew name we say is Joshua, but it's no J sound. Yeshua. Joshua. It's a beautiful thing. And I, I say all this because something profound is going on here. Every... Easter, Resurrection Sunday, this time of year, Palm Sunday, I love mentioning the fact that when our Lord was crucified, Pilate put a sign over his head. This sacred name of God, Yudhevavhe, this sacred name is such a beautiful name. And yet when our Lord was crucified, we don't see it in Mark, but we do see it in John's gospel. In John 19, verse 19 through 22, we read this. Now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Then many of the Jews read this title for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Therefore, the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the King of the Jews. But he said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Understand this, what Pilate wrote in Hebrew would have been changed dramatically if, they would have, if the sign would have been written this way. But what Pilate wrote in Hebrew was Yeshua HaNatsri Yumelech HaKuhidim, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And each letter of first word would have been capitalized. That's their tradition. So understand what was being said. Yeshua HaNatsri Yumelech HaKuhidim. The first letter of every word is yud heh vav -Heh. The Tetragrammaton, the sacred name of God. When the Hebrews looked at that sign, all they saw was the name of God, the one they won't even pronounce. Above your Lord's head, above Jesus' head. Just a coincidence. And some of you have heard this before too, but you know, Hebrew itself is an ideogrammic language, which means ancient Hebrew was a special language. It still is. Only ancient Hebrew. Modern Hebrew has been changed. But ancient Hebrew, each letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, Hey, Va, you go through the alphabet, each letter 
has a picture meaning. And it's so powerful when you look at this. I love this. It's so powerful. And I often give the example. The easiest example is this. So the Hebrew language, each letter has a picture meaning. When they combine together, they have a pronunciation, but they also have a picture meaning. So the, the easiest way to describe this is the word El, like El Shaddai. It's the name of God, generic name of God, just the basic name of God, El. In Hebrew, it's an Aleph and a Lamed. That's the letters. The Aleph is an ox head, and it means power or strength. That's the picture meaning. The Lamed is a shepherd's crook. It means shepherd or leader. And so the Aleph and the Lamed combined, when it pronounced, the pronunciation is El. But it means strong leader or powerful shepherd. Do you see that? Can you hear that? <laughs> it's an amazing thing. But then you look at the Tetragrammaton and something jumps off the page. When you study this out, it will blow your mind. The Tetragrammaton. Yud hey vav hey. Yud. Yud. The letter Yud in the, in the ideogrammic language, what it means is it's the strength, the arm with strength and a hand that does the work. Hey is literally a man revealed with his arms outstretched. And it means to be revealed. Vav is a nail. And hey, repeated, is a man revealed. I just, do you see the picture? <laughs> it's amazing because when you look at this, Yod, the arm, the strength of God by the works of his hand, sent who? Hey, his son, a man revealed, whose arms would get stretched out. Vav, a nail. Where would he be nailed and fastened? He'd be nailed to that cross for you and me. But that's not the end. That is not the end because what we know is he would be revealed once again. Hey, he was resurrected. And when you look at the ideogrammic language and the understanding of the Hebrew, and you look at yud Hey vav Hey, the Tetragrammaton, it's the story of Jesus. I'm not even going to joke and say that's a coincidence because that is powerful and amazing. The name of God is the story of our King, our Savior. By the arm of God, by his works, he sent his son, Emmanuel, God with us. He revealed him to us, and his arms were outstretched, and he was nailed to a cross. But he was resurrected three days later, and he was revealed to the world once again as our king, the God-man, our Messiah, our Lord in the flesh. That's who he is. And I love this. I love it. But I also know that it takes good hearing to see this. Does that make sense? But another remarkable thing about the Shema is not just do we see the three names for God there, Yahavah, Eloheinu, Yahavah, which we know is pointing to God. We know that he is three, he is one. We believe in the triune nature of God, the Trinity. But also, that very next word, it's powerful in its own right, Echad. And I know it, it, sometimes it sounds like people are clearing their throat, you know. But uh, Chet, that's the letter, Echad. But this is a powerful word in its own right because it's a compound unity. It's a compound unity. Echad means a compound unity. I remember Pastor Chuck talked about this and he said, it's as if your hand, when you look at your hand, you have four fingers and a thumb, but it's one hand. That's a compound unity. An egg is another example. You have one egg, it's a compound unity, but it has a shell, it has a yolk, it has the white. It's a compound unity. And not that we... I'm using those examples to describe our God because we know um, we don't have a God so small we can figure him out. The triune nature of God, the Trinity, it's, it's not really anything we can truly understand in the sight of heaven, and maybe not even when we get there. But do you understand? 
This is a compound unity. These three names of God. Something else is being said here. Now, there's another Hebrew word, yakid, that means one, that means only one. That wasn't used here by God. And in Genesis 22.2, we see this term uh, yakid used. It says, then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now, we know the whole picture. Genesis 22 is a picture of Jesus. It's a picture of what would happen later, where in the same region, our Lord would go to his death to be sacrificed. But where it says your only son Isaac, that's yakid, single, one. Not the compound unity, it's an individual one. So we understand, though, that the names of God, Yahavah, Eloheinu, Yahavah, Echad, it's pointing to a compound unity, to the triune nature of God, to the Trinity itself. In this prayer, and it sets the foundation of the second most important commandment, which Jesus goes on to say in verse 31, he says this, and the second is like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now we know in uh, Matthew 22, Jesus said on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, which means what? All the law and the prophets is everything in the Old Testament. Not just the Ten Commandments, not just the 613 commandments that the, the rabbis pointed out, but it's everything. And understand, it's predicated, though, on you loving God. Because that's the only way we can love others. And people say, well, I don't really love myself. Yes, you do. Okay, I don't, again, I don't want to burst your bubble today, but everyone loves themselves, even the ones that are struggling with depression. We may hate the things we do which causes us to have this self-loathing. But even that is a form of self-love. I won't dive into this today, and I'm not going to diagnose people and try to give therapy sessions, but the Bible tells us we all love ourselves to a certain degree. You know, if you're here today, you probably fed yourself. That's a sign that you love yourself. Okay? But pastor, I, I understand. <laughs> okay? Just so you know, I'm not saying what you think I'm saying. I'm just saying we all have a form of self-love. We don't need to learn to love ourselves. We may learn to act a little better and to overcome certain things, but we love ourselves. And so he says you have to love others like that. But it's all predicated on loving God. And you and I know that the only way we can love others as ourselves, and who's others? Our neighbors? It's everyone. The only way we can as Christians is to have the Spirit of God in us. Because I, I don't know about you, but man, sometimes I'm just unlovable. <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't hear a big, loud amen. That's a, that does my heart good. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I was nervous about that one. But it's true. You know, we all struggle. We all have issues. We all have problems. We're all hard to love sometimes. But through the power of Christ in us, we can love others. And I love this because this scribe is truly impressed with Jesus' answer. And I love this. Verse 32, so the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there is no other but he. Verse 33, and to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. 
Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.